Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, thank you for listening to Bootleg Like Jazz. I'm your host, Q, and we have the lovely, the awesome, the amazingly talented Latinas Rising organization here in the building tonight for our interview. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. So my name is Tasha James. I'm a RGBT native. And I'm Edna Mojica, uh, born and raised in New York. The valley and didn't get that, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she, uh, he's at it. You stay. She's going for me. Uh-oh. Yeah. And um, traditions, language, food from Dominican Republic. So you said RG. Real Grand Valley. Real Grand Valley. So gotcha. Valley. All right. South Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hola, hola. Bienvenidos. Bienvenidos. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we're kicking off a new series called Hashtag Afro Latin HTX. Uh, hashtag Afro Latin HTX uh, is going to highlight, it's going to spotlight um, Afro Latinos, uh, Afro Latino culture capital, establishments, events, anything that falls within that sphere. Uh, and also promoting tourism within uh, here within Houston, Texas. This is provided in part by a grant funded by the city of Houston. So your boy is official now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so let's welcome our guests from Latinos Rising. Uh, I'm ex- there. You know they are hosting their first annual. Latina Con this Saturday, November 9th, 2019. And you're going to watch this video before that. Uh, right here in Houston, Texas. Tickets are still available. Yes, they are yeah. filling out pretty quickly. Um, and it's actually the first Latinx conference in Houston. Um, so it's a really, really big deal. Pretty historic. So let's jump. Let's just jump right into it. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, what is Latinx? So Latinx is supposed to be more inclusive, kind of encompass... Pretty much everyone, um, especially our LGBTQ, um, and so that's what it sounds very trendy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's but it's real. Uh, yeah, it's real. It's it's supposed to be more inclusive. Um, so especially like we're both Afro Latina, so we feel a little covered in there as well. Okay, yeah. my students were giving me pushback. Dominica, uh, Dominicans are not not black. You know, what do y'all say to that? Well, not we Dominicana, <laughs> but hey, that's that's your question. So, um, Dominican probably has a lot of history. Remember, we were not remember, but we were colonized um, before the ships um, came into North America and um, South America. They stopped in the Caribbean and did their thing, you know. So we have um, our history is is our food, our history, our our our. our our music is engraved from Africa. Yeah. So we are indigenous. We are, um, we are, um, we have our own identity, but, you know, we're stripped away little by little. Yeah. Stripped away little by little. But we keep us alive by decolonizing and by us talking our language, by us um, talking slang of the Dominican Republic, keeping our music live. We, the more we talk about history, the more we talk about culture, that's how we decolonize mm. on what they did there. So I like that. The more we talk about it, that it, we decolonize. Uh, I love that. Um, so what's the theme of LatinaCon 2019? What's the theme? What's the goal? So the goal is really, um, if anyone's followed Latinos Rising, uh, we our goal is to be boots on the ground in the community. So mm-hmm. we do a lot of events regarding 
mental health, regarding uh, social justice, any social justice issues, but it's empowerment, right? So for those that are marginalized and disenfranchised. And this right here is really showcasing the Latinx um, individuals in our community. They're really doing the work and just really celebrating them. And we have some really heavy hitter panelists. Like we have really great panelists that are coming through. So can you give us a little snippet of who's coming taste of who's coming well, guess what? you're gonna be there yes. so absolutely yes. boots on the ground <laughs> so um uh definitely we have some great vendors uh warehouse 72 is actually the facility or the location we're having it and so we have uh rocio castro right rocio that's Castro's. um uh castro's mom so well Cost, you know, Castro's running for president, right? Mm-hmm. So that's his mom, but, you know, she has a lot of... You're talking about Julian. You, correct. You know, the, I, I don't want to get the, the Julian confused, Castro. right? Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> but yeah, she is actually, uh, has done a lot of work in San Antonio, and especially in the community. And so we're really excited to have her and just to really celebrate her. And we have a mental health panel, uh, which I'll be moderating, but we have a few licensed professionals and we actually have a PhD, a PhD candidate and we have the Afro Latinx um, identity panel, which Edna will be moderating. And so we have a YouTube beauty consultant and uh, we have, um, I think Miss, Miss Honduras. Yes. 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 I think I so, saw that. Yeah. 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 We have a young lady from Colombia. And so, um, we have quite a bit of people. Yeah. yeah. What I love about um, Latina Con this year, our first year, it's very diverse across the board. We have yeah. Colombian, uh, a Colombian person. We have Salvadorian. We have Mexico. We have Dominican. We have Puerto Rico. Honduran. Yes. Um, Garifuna. Um, I wanted to ask more about that. Garifuna. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. It's just great because um, society... We're breaking that society cycle of what a Latina looks like. Mm-hmm, for sure. When you look at, at, at um, social media, when you look at the news, when you look at novelas, what do you see? Let me ask you. you, and you I, do you want to know? <laughs> you and I, right? Like, Not it's, at all. Yeah, it's a def- all. definitely that's one of the biggest things that uh, Latinos Rising is really big uh, in being inclusive. And so um, as co-founders, that has been really important for us to have people that Joey would not have that platform. How did you two meet? How did you two find, uh, you know, f- uh, create this, become the founders of this? What, what was that process like? Yeah. It was a universe combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Son Macias is actually the founder, and um, she was very gracious to invite us to be co founders. And this is actually out of, it was developed and created out of love uh, for children, uh, especially children of color that go through injustices and never get justice. And so that inspired her. She's actually a former HPD officer that worked in the domestic violence unit for years. Yeah, I saw you have a panel discussion on law and advocacy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and we have a little bit of, of back history as to how we got to Warehouse. I think that would be really interesting to to share that just so you can see like how much mm-hmm. is input into having Latina Con. And you the got barriers. the mic. <laughs> you got the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, Sol Macias, her name literally, you know, derives of the, of the sun. W- women ha- generally gravitate to her and it's just been this movement that has taken off since 2017. And so long story short, 
she met Edna through an anthology that they were actually putting together. Um, if you want to sh- discuss that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and she, then we got introduced. She, um, what I would like to point out that she retired as a police officer to dedicate herself to social justice. And she started out um, creating a book um, called Latinas Rising because it came from there. Um, she was tired when she was an investigator. She was tired of <clears throat> seeing those stories just pile up. And then mm-hmm. she stayed there. And she had a heavy heart um, with these stories about now what happens to these stories. You know, some get solved, some don't. Some just stay there getting getting dust. So she decided to gather some women and say, you know what? Our stories are important. She did research to um, to find out what books are out there to really say what our stories. And there really wasn't unless it's a scholar or professional type of setting of, of mm-hmm. a Latina uh, written book. So um, this book has a series of maybe 15 stories of different women um, that come from different backgrounds that endured some type of hardship. And not only to tell our story, but we are telling our story with the focus of empowering, with the focus of whoever's reading this, that it be man, woman, or child, would get an inspiration to either come out of that story, come out of their situation, um, saying they could identify with that person and somehow use those stories to empower out there. Yeah. Uh, we, we've we done, uh, we want to use this book um, as an educational type of, of setting as well. Yeah. Um, I know we were in um, Ripley, Barker Ripley, and you guys did a, a curriculum. Mm-hmm. So Over the summer. We're using this to create a platform. I mean, Latina Latinas Rising was created to um, create platforms for people to be able to speak about some tough subjects that they can't or they wouldn't or they're taboo in their homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely sounds like you guys are based off of a book, which is pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned Garifuna. Can you explain a little bit more about what that is and what that term means? So... Did I say it right, first of all? Yes. yes. So I know that I believe three of our women that are going to be part of the panelists are Garifuna. So we're going to learn a little bit more of that. Um, My understanding is uh, the Honduras um, um, country has a community that are Garifunas. So I'm not too sh- I don't want to get into it and 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 um, devalue what Garifunas is, mm-hmm. but we're going to learn more at Latina Con. Yeah. What are the like so three years, four or five years down the road? What's the vision for Latina Con? What's the vision for yeah. Latinas Rising? Yeah, nice. national, definitely national. We have international. Pro- yeah, international. I know um, there's been interest out of the Dominican Dominican Republic, but. Um, That's what's up. Chapters, people are showing interest in having a chapter in their state, and so you know, it's wherever the universe takes us. We it's something that we've learned that a lot of our events and a lot of our efforts always tends to come from in a very organic place, mm-hmm. in which you will be surprised, like how when you're vulnerable, people tend to gravitate and really want to help, and so to get back to how we end up at uh, Warehouse 72, which we're really, really grateful to them that they open their location to us. Shout out to you all. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank we you. Thank you. We lost our location yes. about a month and a half ago. And what was the first, what was the original place? Um, Rothley. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so um, we lost the location. So we, we scrambled, right? Um, a month and a half before. A month and a half. 
Yeah, yeah. Their loss, yeah, your yeah. gain. Yeah. And, um, and when I tell you it's been like a labor of love, we have a team of about what, 15 women putting all their efforts and time into having this happen in Houston. And so, um, but yeah, we lost the location. And so we, we scrambled for a little bit and then here we are and they have been really gracious. Um, and the art is coming from their location. I don't know if you noticed, there's these murals mm. and actually one of our yeah. members is, is that's her on the mural. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, they're pretty cool. Those murals. They're, they're beautiful. Throughout that document you sent me, right? The Venna document. Yeah. So yeah. those are like not. Those like, amazing. Oh, I just thought of this image in my head. They're actual individuals that reside in Houston that are doing some great work. And so, um, so here we are. And then again, the universe, like we met you over the summer. Mm -hmm. and you've been gracious enough as well to have us here. Afro Latin so, Fest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it all started for us, Absolutely. the Afro Latin Fest. Shout out Raul and Strictly Street Salsa and Flam Art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that yeah. panel discussion was very empowering Absolutely. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find that on Bootleg Like Jazz as well, that panel discussion. And it was interesting because um, Latinas Rising, we have gone to different events in here in the nation. We're going to Boston. We're going to yeah, y'all yeah, been going to Dallas. I mean, everywhere. Boots on the ground and for sure. We go. Our intention is to network and network. Not the here's my card. How are you? Thank you. The network is this is who we are. What are you doing? How can we collaborate? So those are your goals. That's your mindset when you go into networking events. Is like you have. I want to accomplish this. That da 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 da. So the main goal is to. Um, it, it started so organically, just with a book. Let's get our stories, and it just it just grew into this 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 good monster, cookie monster mm -hmm. type of thing. That now we are we we have to feed the demand. The demand is we want what you have. Our brand is about um, looking at us and being able to identify us. Oh, I, I hear your story. I see you. We're talking about domestic violence. We're talking about sexual assault. We're talking about um, colorism, we're talking about immigration, we're talking about subjects that are real in your home. Yeah. Uh, we just don't, we're, we're not just out there putting um, events to just be out there. We intentionally um, seek places that are in, um, intimate. So our yeah. our panel discussions are... Um, and that the social part, the social justice part is what has... Um, yeah, I thought that was dope Stand, when I saw that. We're kind of the standalone on that. And in the intersection, we're social media and social justice, right? Mm. There's We're yet to see any other organization. And we're wanting to become nonprofit. Yes. Um, and that's that's our goal for 2020. And uh, But utilizing social media, but also to bring awareness. What do you think about council culture? Um, <laughs> so... I like Charlemagne the God a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, One more time. Because like, I, I, st I, mean, I study, I no, study, no. oh, buddy, I study Breakfast Club. You they they do some dope stuff, baby. Yeah, they really do. You can curse on Bully Light Dash. Okay. They do some dope shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, We're grown yeah. folks here. Yeah. And you, when I think about cancel culture, I think about Chrisette Michelle, right? And um, I think it could be so cruel, especially when it's. <sighs> cancel culture so easy from behind the screen right right um you're right um and then you just kind of walk away right you said the meanest thing that you could say and that's it but there was a, a responsibility like you can influence someone to hurt themselves mm. or true um to end up you know in the hospital because maybe they have a, a panic attack and so i think it's irresponsible uh, especially when 
so many of us are trying to, we have careers or we have, um, that's how they make their money through social media or whatever. And then we just cancel. Mm. Right. Um, to me it's just, it's horrible to be honest with you. I don't, I don't. Did you want to chime in? I mean, we're all influencers somehow people that, that, mm-hmm. that jump yeah that's i like that um to social media we we have a, an influence what type of influence is up to what type of message we want to put out mm-hmm. there so wh- who you are is going to come out as that influencer so you have to be mindful of what you're doing and saying everybody's on social media even children yeah everybody walks around with with some type of device and and locks in so yeah, you have a responsibility. Could cancel culture work? And if so, what does that look like? How could that work? I that, mean, for you as look, well. we're trying to cancel um, Trump and we can't, right. <laughs> you know, you yeah. have so many people. And you, I mean, I think, I, to me, it just does more harm, to be honest with you. Um, I just don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what else to, to yeah. say about it. Uh, I mean, what's your thought process on it? Well, know? mine is, I think it could be effective. We need to come up with a plan, but I think, I think, you know, we would need like leaders. We need people who could like, yo, you know, I'm spearheading this. This is what we're doing. This is the time frame, and this is the results we're looking for as opposed to, oh, H&M had a black kid wear a shirt that had a monkey on it. Mm -hmm. We're not buying no more, Mm -hmm. but I go to H&M, number black folks walk out Mm -hmm. with bags and it's like, what are we doing? I think that's what it is. I think we, you know, there needs to be like a clear guideline of what we're canceling, why, what the terms are, what that looks like, and then move on from that. And then like having someone, organization, individual, that's like that point person there. So, so you, that's what I'm thinking. So do you think that we should collaborate and team up and have these conversations and say, this is what we're going to do in the, our individual platforms, but this is the goal? For sure. And let me also just say this, like, there's been things that people have said that I'm like, I don't think they should be fired for, but I think they should go through sensitivity training. I think they should go through this, that, and the other. But just because you fire someone who's a bigot doesn't mean they stop being a bigot. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is in the United States of America, there are people that identify and support bigots. Mm-hmm. How do you change a bigot? I think you change a bigot um, through education, education, their kid, their kids having kids with mm-hmm. right. men and women they didn't like, and they're forced to like deal with their grandchildren being of these different identities. Mm-hmm. I think stuff like that. And um, I think that's. Um, I mean, that's, I I mean, that's, that's just that's my like, opinion. So, like, but how could you to do? How do you that? enforce that? Yeah, yeah, how do you enforce that? Because that will require like money and educating folks, bringing folks, and yeah. to me, a lot of that will be temporary. It's mm-hmm. just gonna be just like the whole Starbucks thing. Mm-hmm. They had this one day where they I mean, shut Starbucks today, you know, right? <laughs> right. I mean, and I'll yeah, get mad because you know? they put like this much, and I'll be like, I'm not coming back. And then <laughs> it's like winter season, yeah. and then they have. But anyway, yeah. so I, I mean, I think that's a good idea, but I, I think it's always like this temporary band aid, just like right. cancel culture. It's gonna pass. I think um, sometimes we yeah. focus on the big picture on getting everyone. And I think if you start with individual and then you talk and then you start with little groups um, and be intentional where you're going, who you're talking to, when, and that will make that effect, that that uh, ripple effect. They'll talk about it. They'll do a group or and eventually it'll grow out. Because yeah. we, at one point, we cannot just 
um, reach everybody. everybody. Right. Everybody has their own expertise circle. They they have their own social circle. So it could influence in some different ways. It just has to be with a plan. Yeah. Well, speaking of talking, mental health is on. Mm. You know, is is, yeah. is on the panel. Why is that important to talk about? Why did you create space for that? I mean, because it's not discussed in our communities. It's often not open. Um, and honestly, yeah, yeah, you know, because of the stigmas and, um, and a lot of, not only that, I'm I'm a licensed professional, um, counselor, and a lot of times, whoop whoop, right, yay, hey, and then they think you have student debt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what if Elizabeth Warren gets in or Bernie? Hey, you know, it could be gone, right? And so, but a lot of times, mental health is not as well. Um, the healing component is not um, initiated or because of lack of access, right? A lot of times people just want their basic needs met. And so, um, but as far as the mental health component, we really do focus that a lot because we in our community, which anxiety and depression is, we have high rates of that, right? And so, uh, but again, it's not discussed. We're afraid. There's stigmas. You have people that are very high functioning that, they turn it on, they get to work, they do really well, and then they get home and they're going through an anxiety attack or they're having some type of depressive symptom. And so there's different areas that we'll be touching on uh, on that day. And so we actually have a um, social worker and two licensed professional counselors, as well, actually three. And so um, I don't know if you want to expand on that as well. And I, I, I want to say that um, to go back to your question as why, or why is it so important? So let's go back a little bit in the Hispanic Latino culture. Let's just put it like that because it's a universal thing. Um, we we don't grow up with let's go to the counselor. We don't grow up to um, um, having those conversations about mental health. That's not even a word we kind of use. Mental it's health. new, that's, like Afro Latino. It's new. Traditionally, we have our own practices of mental health. Um, could you, yeah, could you expound on that? Yeah, like absolutely. Like if you think about it, indigenous people, like very spiritual, right? Or, um, and I think about music, mm. how our ancestors really use music to connect um, and, heal. and heal. And so those yeah, things we proven. already innately we have, mm -hmm. but again, it's been colonized. And so it's like we're reclaiming that. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's where, again, social media uh, we intersects with like the social justice part. You have a lot of people doing the work of like decolonizing, like, Hey, mental health, that's ours. Like mm -hmm. we initiated, you think about yoga and meditating. We're already doing that stuff. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, um, it's just really reclaiming that and our thought process and being more aware of how systemically we are affected in our jobs, like the microaggressions and whatnot. So that affects your mental health. Right. How you're able to show up, like we have to process double all the time. I can't just show up fully with my big old hair, right? I have to think, well, what is my boss going to think with me showing mm. up my hair like this? That's a mental health issue, right? Like I'm That's anxiety, sounds like it to me. Yeah, I have to double process. We as people of color have to process things double, like all the time. Like how do you show up? You can't be reactive because then you're assumed you're a threat, right? That for sure, or aggressive, yeah, yeah, right? you know what I'm saying. So there's a lot of work now um, that is being done that it's it's allowing people of color, brown and black, to um, seek mental health um, assistance and help. 
It's bringing the holistic part and the educational counseling part together. So if I go to the counseling of domestic violence, let's just talk about domestic violence real quick. Um, a domestic violence victim, she becomes a survivor. She's out of that situation. Now she needs assistance. She needs to talk. She needs um, somewhere to go. So where does she go? Yeah, there's, there's, and I'm talking people that are not Americanized in that particular place, okay? Because there's a lot of us, we're born and raised here, and that part still we don't go in and tap into. So you, you, you are looking for counselors that maybe look like you, that are in your neighborhood, that are maybe in the community that you live in. And it, it, let's talk real. It wasn't like that a while ago. It was, it was primarily the white folks that, that really um, had that, that taken over. So now we have people of color, black and brown, stepping in, being educated, being professionals, educating themselves and bringing the holistic part into their counseling. Yeah. If they are religious and they pray, okay, you could pray and be religious, drink your tea because that's, we're big in, in teas yeah. um, and have counseling. And um, that part about uh, counselors, I remember that you couldn't talk about yourself. It was about the other person. You really can, as a counselor, you could talk more about this. You can't really talk about yourself because it's about the person you're counseling. Yeah. How I you mean, it's honoring both, you right? we, we we like to connect. We Before a business meeting, we even talk about business. We got to know about your family, what you ate, where you going, where you coming from. Mm-hmm. And then we talking about business. That's culture, sounds yeah, like. that's yeah. culture. So when you're sitting in a counseling um, session and this this is a stranger you're talking about and you're not really knowing this person but this person is expecting you to talk about themselves so it's definitely s- sorry to cut you off go ahead I'm no sorry. no no so it sounds like you know for someone it sounds like you're advising someone who's seeking mental health um help to find someone that looks like them come from some community like them is that is that what i'm i'm hearing yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and one thing that I've always encouraged any client and when I'm meeting with the new client is, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with me, that's okay. It, you can go with someone else that you can connect with because you're going to bear the most difficult things and traumas with that person. But generally, it, it's important to connect with someone that looks like you or that um, shares the same culture just because there's some nuances they're going to understand. Right. And I'll give yeah. you prime example. Oh, like go sometimes ahead. Go I'll go um, with the client and if I go to their residence that make it in the cafecito or whatever they have, What's you know, that? Uh, coffee. Right. So they're going to offer, right. That's, you and I think about, that word. Right? I'm, that's <laughs> why I asked. That's oh. why I asked. You know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm learning. And so, um, Oh, okay. My bad. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to put your earrings on. You got to look fab, you know? Um, Or a T. And we are taught as you're going through your education, there's this, you don't, right? There's this ethical thing. And, but that can come across as rude in, mm-hmm. in so in certain cultures, right? And so, yeah, I'm going to sit with you and I'm going to have a tea. Guess what? That's going to break barriers down. Mm. You may feel more comfortable to share with me. Yeah. So when I say honor our traditions and our practices, a clinician of color can do that with someone that looks like them. Right. And so uh, and that's one of the things that we actually tackle in our mental health panel is how do we integrate that? How do we honor that um, with but still within the boundary? What do you say to somebody who's like representation doesn't matter? Um, it, it, you know, that's for you too when, as well, Edna. You know. And who is that? So who was saying that? <laughs> who was that? 
Yeah, who's saying that? Are I'm playing. Know? I'm playing white man's devil's advocate right here. Thank you, Charlemagne, the God, for that. Right? For, listen, bro, I, I watch y'all stuff. Y'all got. I like y'all, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all doing a good They're job. Real. But yeah, They're real. And um, I think that if you don't come from a place of identifying yourself with that other person or struggles or some type of ism, you are not going to be able to even think about that. Privileged people don't walk around thinking, are they looking at me? Or what am I wearing? Am I wearing the right suit? Am I, am my hair too big? I don't think about that. We have to think about all of that and then some. We have to come up um, with... Two times is better. Mm-hmm. We got to step up. We got to put our shoulders back. We got to think about these extra things that those people that are privileged do not. Yeah. So we have to identify that. We have to know who we are when we walk in a room and be, and, and then we're expected to act a certain way, um, to be a certain way. So we have to hold our own at all times. I think we walk around with these pressures that we just learn how to live with. Right. It's and true. That's we real. We have to be cognizant of our privilege. And I think about that as a, as a therapist that sometimes I can assume we can do all these memes on social media, get therapy and healing. Right. But we have to be aware that a lot of people don't even have access to internet to see those memes. Fair enough. So what are we doing again, taking it back to Latinos rising? That's what we're like when we say boots in the ground and a lot of stuff that we do is at no cost to our community. Mm-hmm. Um, the, over the summer we did a curriculum at Baker, um, Ripley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was like for a couple of weeks and we met with adolescents and teens and it was just, it was like an empowerment and we did a vision board with them and we all dedicated a day of the week that we all would go. And so again, bringing, bringing that service to our communities because a lot of times they don't have access. Yeah. Right. We have to, we have to create these, um, these opportunities. We have to create, um, what we want to bring. If they, if they don't host that, then we have to host it in their place. We have right. to go out. That's why we are expanding not only... We can't let nobody else do for us, you know? That's so true. I'm glad you said that. That's right. Now, I want to go back because I want to highlight you a little bit. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> no, you have to say it in French. I have watched one of your videos. You've been, you been watching me? <laughs> we watched it. No, just hey, that no, no, let's be real. No, when okay, you're an underdog. Je m'appelle Tasha. Comment allez-vous? Je m'appelle Terrell. Je m'appelle Q. And that's Enchanté. Quel âge as-tu? Ça va bien? Ça va bien, très bien. Oui, oui. Bueno, yo no sé lo que están hablando. That is it. Está muy bien. Yo digo que me llamo Tero. That's right. Q. Uh, yo tengo uh, diez y on, uh, ocho años. Yeah, right. You didn't say that <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> ten years ago. Mentira. Mentira. No, but f- it's a real thing. As an underdog, up and coming, you don't know who's watching you. You know who's That's listening. Right. You don't know who's likes you. So when you when, when I see that, I am happy that, okay, my my voice, what I'm doing is in rooms, is on the lips of people I haven't met or I haven't seen right. or talked to or whatever. And that's that's a beautiful thing. So one of the things that that captivated me about you was that you were so real and open about your experience as a black man in the Latino community. Yeah. Man, I was like, what? It reminds me of my husband. My husband's American black. And we say... Interesting you say American black. That's interesting. Because I want to talk about that too, you know? Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. We have these conversations all the time how... Um, this we call the blended families of the soul food and the and the Latinos come together. 
And um, we have these conversations that that are interesting because you're walking around as a black man embracing that culture, which is which is taboo now. It's yeah. and it's crazy to me. You mean taboo now? Yeah. Like talk to me. So I mean, there was a time that it was wasn't. I, I mean, and at a time, I, I never would have thought mind. there would ever been anything called Afro Latino, mm. or or that I'd be shocked that. There's pushback to that because it does make sense, actually. You know what it is that it's not a it's a new thing because society made it a new thing, but we've always been here. And this and is a great. I want to talk about. Say this. that again. Go ahead. You've, You've always been here, and I want to give a, just got here. <laughs> yes. Hello. Hello. So yeah, you transported us everywhere. But anyway, um, I love yes. When um, we say Afro Latinos now, Afro Latinas, and people still struggle with that. And that's going to be remember, one of the, the questions. Like, when did you start identifying us? Yeah. Right. And I remember the, that was con- when I the had, first you know? conversation that I had about someone telling me, oh, no, but you're, you're Afro-Latina. I looked at them and said, what? What are you talking about? Because within our own communities, we are, uh, I was brought up, tu eres Dominicana. You're Dominican. That's the culture. That's who you are. Plain, plain simple. So my parents and my grandparents, they did not explain to me or educate me about where I really come from. I had to really make the effort to explore and, and, and look at my own resources. Yes, they, were, they showed me my culture, my music, my food, and my traditions. Yes, I appreciate that because that's who I am living in, 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 in um, first generation born living in New York. Um, I had the culture of Dominican and the subculture of being um, New York. So there's a there's a subculture of of New Yorkans, how they say. Right. And Dominicans. Right. Um in New York. But anyway, um I could not accept you telling me I was black. I was like, I don't understand this. What Fascinating. Are what are you talking about? And it had And then to it's do by regions the too. Like Fascinating. Because we've talked about it how um Negrita, like I struggle. Don't call me Negrita. Like for me, I start thinking like Negro, Interesting. right? Interesting. Like, I struggle with that. And we've we've talked about that. Um it's amazing. Like you can have what we all black folks, right? And everyone's going to have this different perspective on even in the language. Yes. Um, and yes. so, and and morena and negrita is a is a term of endearment. My baby calls me negrita morenita. Now he knows what that means. Mm-hmm. But if I would have called him negrito moreno, he would be like, <laughs> "What? What are you? Yo, what's good, right?" But you have to educate. Um, the community about this. You have to have these conversations. And it's not even a platform of let me educate you with. No, it's just talking about mm-hmm. our experiences and where we come from and who we are and how we embrace it. But I had to embrace that simply because I needed to be educated where I came from. And this was, I remember it was um, uh, a white person, a black person, a Latina giving this class. And I'm sitting there like, are these people crazy? Where are they coming from? Representation. But it had to happen that way because they were trying to reach Everyone yeah. really to educate that, but yeah. Wrapping up. Um, We're already wrapping up. Yeah. We gotta do it. You know, it's a little nervous at the beginning. But I need to give you a shout out. Wait a minute. Oh, oh I thought you did. Minute. No, I have it. Before we, you do that, shout out everybody watching us on Facebook Live. We had some new people. Mad love to you. Appreciate you, Terrence. I got your text. All right, go ahead. So, um, speaking of how we are expanding from Texas. Um, we have we we are wanting to do chapters all over the nation and international. And one of the chapters that we're going to create is in Dominican Republic. We are where where people are seeing, people are watching, like you were saying. So next year, mid year, we're going to um, 
have a chapter started in DR and Terrell's going to be there with us filming it. Um, we're going to have conversations about food, um, music, yes, history. Absolutely. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be exciting. So, it is. Yeah. Um, we should just finish the show there. No, I got a few more questions. This was something I, I've always, you know, I, I, I really, you know, was really curious about when I read about it. What do you guys mean by resilient communities? Tea. Edna. <laughs> that sounds like a drink. Tea Edna. <laughs> Double shot of tea Edna. <laughs> Double steep it, baby. What I mean, what's your idea of a resilient community? We are some resourceful people. Yes. Like that to me is resilience that even with very little, we can do a lot. And so. Look at soul food. Uh, mm. And look at Latina Con. When I tell you we had, we were very limited. We had no funds. Like we did not have a budget. And so, and it's in, um, morphed into this beautiful event. And so that is resiliency that even though we had like these doors that would open and they would close, we kept on pushing. Um, and that's our people are, that's how we are. We continue to push, but the little that we have, we make a lot. Um, and so that's the resiliency of our people in our communities. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to expand on that or. And it's just um, when you come together and you said it, we had nothing and we put all our little nothing and made this. So when when people know what we're doing, they see our efforts, they believe in us individually and as uh, uh, as a group, people start giving out their hearts. And it's not always money. Um, the venue was opened up to us. Um, Did you guys pay for it? Is that asking? Is that going too deep? The food. The food and it's really good food. Yo, that's a spaghetti house. It's a, a deal, a steal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not everything's monetary. People that are coming to speak, I think those are blessings. Yeah. I think that's 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 a, a honor. That's right cultural there. capital as well. Yeah. That's another benefit. So, um, when when you say resilience, we we were born with that. We got to make it however we can, and we were again. We come from tribes. Tribes. That come from groups. What 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 do you have a tribe for? You have a leader. You have people that that um, need inclusivity. People that need support. You got the elders teaching the youngins wisdom. I mean, that's what that's all about. That's where we really come from. So that's what we're creating. We're creating a tribe. We're creating community. So that's where that comes from. When you put all your resources together, what can you not do? Mm. Mm. Our people, our lineage of resiliency. So um, that's really coming across in this. this yeah, event. we're really excited. Um, as you can see. Is this, so I know it's Latina con, Latina rising, but can men come? Yes. Whoop, whoop. And if Buy so, your ticket. what do you want them to, what do you want men to take away from this? You kind of talked about what you want women to take from it, but what do you want men to take away from this? If they come or if they watch on the Facebook yeah. live feed, which will be here Saturday all day long. And we might have to do some technical breaks, but yeah. You know, so but what, say, what do you want me to take away I, from it? I do want to say something. Um, 75% of the ladies that are swimming in Latinas Rising has a man beside them. Absolutely. And they all support us strongly. They're there. They show up. They drive us. I love you said beside. They are there. Yeah. So without them, not that we wouldn't be here. And I said beside for, on purpose because um, when we walk together... That's how you. That's how you prosper. Because when you have peace, your first testimony is in your house. Hmm. When you have hmm. peace in your home, when you have that collaboration in your home and that love and that, con who? Why? Who, 
where can you not go? What can you not do? I love that. That's that first piece you have there, and that's where you take it out. So you might see us just a bunch of women together all the time, but who's standing beside us? Who's that person that takes care of our kids for for us to be sitting here today? Who's that person that 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 cooks? My husband um, came um, and and um, he met us here with a bowl of food that he cooked for me. I mean, and he he's a strong man. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I wouldn't cross him. We want our men to. <laughs> I don't want no smoking, folks. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> and we're gonna have our men talking. We're gonna have our men talking. Oh, okay. I mean, I, oh, okay. I, I think it would be men nice to in, in, they need incorporate that, to have men on our panel. I think yes. there needs to be representation. Yeah. We've talked about. Um, Soul has talked about potentially having who's Soul? Real quick. Soul is the founder, uh, and we're the co-founders. But we're all founders in this situation. In my head, you're all yeah, founders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, having support groups for um, our men. Uh, but definitely we would like to have men on our panel. Um, but when you come, it's going to be such a, a great feminine energy. Um, and when I say heavy hitters, like these women are doing amazing yeah, work. Yeah, I saw them. They the- inspire. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter, like, men or women. It's just being in the presence of people that are doing great work to change the narrative in our communities. Uh, And they give uh, that are very selfless. Uh, That's, I mean, I don't think it needs to be a man or woman there, right? It's just having your people there in general. But there's something about a presence of a man supporting women or women subjects, women um, things that we care about. Because that says, you know, we are strong enough to say we care about those subjects. And going back to representation, me seeing him do this for you and support you is is beautiful for me. My husband's home with the baby. You know what I'm saying? Like that's he's, awesome. He's You're side up. Far, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we got that. We got that time requirement thing. We got to run. Okay. Uh, we don't have to. Go I home. hate to do this, but hey, stay right here. Subscribe. Follow me. That's right. Saturday, we're bringing you live coverage of it. Um, this video will also be available. Where can people find you all online? So Latinas Rising Facebook page. Uh, we do have a web page, but you have to do like Latinas dash rising because if you don't, it's going to take you to a porn site. So and be very mindful. Uh, so, so Latinas, Latinas Rising Latinas on Instagram. Dash yeah, Latinas.com. Um, and so, and then we have a LatinaCon Facebook page as well. So you can kind of see like, what's happening next Friday we'll be setting up we'll be live as well and so you kind of have a behind the scenes on where can people get tickets um so Eventbrite and just type in LatinaCon and it'll pop up yes yeah LatinaCon or LatinaCon 2019 just Latina both gotcha yeah if you oh I didn't forget the 2019 you'll be okay hey this is your boy Q thank you for watching uh, or if you're also listening, thank you for listening. Um, do not forget to subscribe. And hey, check it out. Listen, if if the big corporations were funding this, we couldn't talk about this stuff. If you like these conversations, these topics, you want more, invest. Go to patreon.com slash BLLJ. Uh, donate $2, $3.50 a month. That way I, you, we can control what we talk about instead of let the people with Um, You know, the big corporations come in and tell us, hey, no, don't talk about this or talk about that instead. Thank you once again for watching. Subscribe. If you want to leave a comment, use the hashtag BLLJ. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Uh, uh, Muchas gracias. Uh, Merci beaucoup por abandonar. I don't know how to say thank you in Spanish for following us.
for subscribing. Yeah, gracias. Awesome. Hey, <laughs> uh, stay tuned to Bule Light Jazz. We got great things coming up. Dude. Thank you.